Welcome to episode 24 of the Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more to the things and people you care about. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Honored to spend some time with you today. We got to talk about email today. And specifically, we're going to talk about this concept of inbox zero and why it's a completely bogus idea. And I'm going to share with you a better way you should handle email instead. And we got to talk about email because, and I'm not just talking to people, right? You're not just a regular person. You are a business owner or a soon-to-be, hopefully, business owner. You want to work for yourself, serve people, and create your own brand, create impact in the world. And with that comes email. It's just a part of the game. And what I find is that email trips people up. And what I think is hilarious is that there are so many videos and books and seminars and everything out there teaching people like us how to manage our inbox. I use that word in quotations, manage our inbox to achieve what's called inbox zero, right? And the whole idea of inbox zero is where literally you get your email inbox to have nothing in it, to be zeroed out, meaning you have responded to every email or categorized every email in a folder for future responses, or you've basically looked at every email and done some action with it, so you clear out that inbox. Now, I understand the desire to have a clear inbox. As someone who likes a clean house that is clutter-free, as someone who likes order in his life, as a one on the Enneagram, right, where I like everything to exist where it needs to exist, I'm somewhat of a perfectionist, and it, it shows up in certain areas of my life, not others, but I like my house to be clean. I like my car to be clean. I like my microphone to be right here and my laptop to be right here, my coffee cup to be right here. I'm not a, I'm not completely OCD, not that it's a bad thing, but if I'm honest with myself, I like things to have their place. And so the idea of inbox zero makes sense to that part of my brain of, oh yeah, wouldn't it be nice to not have a million emails piling up in my inbox and to be able to zero it out every day and it's nice and clean. What I want to tell you is that inbox zero as a concept is pointless. It's a pointless endeavor, and it shows just the brokenness of our thinking of what email is supposed to be, how our relationship with email should look, and how it integrates with our business goals. Because email, like anything else, is just a tool in our lives. It's not the end-all, be-all, okay? It's not the thing that is our business. We use it for business getting back to customers, potential customers, vendors, connecting with people to collaborate with, just getting an update from Graham on his latest episode of the podcast and why it's awesome. Wink. But you know what I'm saying, right? It's an important part of our communication, but it isn't your business. Even if you use email marketing to drive your business, which you should, and it's how I run both of my businesses, and it's how most of online revenues created in the world is through email marketing, direct email marketing, that still doesn't mean that being in your inbox and getting to inbox zero is the goal. It's not the goal. So what I want to do in this episode is start by sharing three big mistakes that we make as business owners with email. It reveals kind of the brokenness of our relationship with it. So start with the three mistakes. And then after that, I'm going to share with you 
the better way. Instead of inbox zero, I'm going to show you the better way to approach email in your business, in your day-to-day life. And I'm speaking from experience as someone who has a brand now too, but as you just look at the recording revolution as a brand in my little weird niche of audio recording. And I, I say weird with affectionately because I love that space and I love everybody in it. And it's grown over the years, right? So many of my former students are now my quote unquote competitors doing similar stuff and they're just killing, killing it, doing great stuff. And it's become a cool community, right? I love us little weird audio recording people. Um, in that space, as far as I know, as of today, I'm the largest brand in that space in terms of reach, in terms of students. And that means more subscribers on YouTube. That means more comments. That means more emails. People emailing me all the time, right? Which is amazing. And I loved it in the early years when there was five of you emailing me a week. Then it was like easier to manage, but it got really hard to manage at one point. So I understand of having done this for 10 years, what realities await us in our inboxes if our online presence grows and our reach grows and our income grows. All those things grow together. So does your volume of email. They'll find you. They'll email you. I've tried to hide my my, uh, email address on my website (laughs) in the last couple of years. They'll still find you. They'll still email you, which is good. They want to be able to reach out to you. So I can speak from experience from someone who has gotten thousands and thousands of emails every single month, I had to find a better way. Inbox zero is is not the goal. Ready? Here's here's the three mistakes people make with their inbox. And I can speak from experience because I've made these before. Mistake number one, checking email first thing when you get to the office. if, If you ignore everything I say in this episode and get one thing out of it, this will change your life. Stop checking email the first thing you do when you get into the office or the first thing you do when you open up your laptop. Stop checking email first. Now, have you ever asked yourself why you do this? Because I know you do. All of us want to. Why do we do this? And then we'll talk about why it's a bad idea. Well, I think we do this because we are, and I'm going to get philosophical here for a second. We're all longing for meaning, okay? Hear me out. We're all longing for meaning. When you open up your inbox after being asleep, hopefully, and it's the next day, you open it up, there is this rush of excitement because you don't know what awaits you in the inbox. There is the potential for an email to be there that someone sent to you overnight or while you're sleeping or in the middle, you know, early in the morning. It, it, it could be, you know, an offer for someone to just buy your business and buy you out and you make all this money. It could be a, an offer for someone to wants to promote you. It could be someone that you're trying to reach out to and connect with that finally got back with you and said, yes, I'd love for you to do a guest post on my channel or whatever it might be. It, whatever it is for you, it could be your first client. It could be your first sale. It could be, you know, when you're doing a launch and you want to see has the money come in overnight. Any of us, all of us long for meaning. 
And so we look for it in a million different ways. And one of the ways I think we long for meaning, look for it as business owners is validation in our inbox. We open it up. We want to see that someone knows we exist, that someone thinks we're important. And it's just exciting. It's like Christmas morning. When you open your inbox, you don't know what you're going to find. It could be something awesome, or it's probably going to be the same old boring type of emails, but you never know. You never know. And because you've gotten one or two or three or five really amazing, life-changing emails in the last few years, there's the potential that today might be the day where you get another one of those. And I'm speaking from experience. I love to see, is there something new? And is it going to change my life? My, my oldest daughter, when she was really little, I forget what it was we were about to give her. I think we, we got a little gift or something from the store. We got her a little treat or something. We said, close your eyes, hold out your hands. You know, just, we got you a little something. And she, she closes her eyes and holds out her hands. And she says, and she must've been three or four years old. She said, is my life about to change? Right? And we, my wife and I laughed so hard. That was like the cutest, funniest response. Literally, that's what we do with our inbox. We like open it up and we're like, is my life about to change? Probably not. All right, sorry to be Debbie Downer, but it could change your life. And that possibility is what makes us obsessed with opening it up. So we open it up first thing in the morning. And I think that's the philosophical reason why we do it first. Now, there's a practical reason why we why we do it first. And it depends on if you have a big team or you're on a team or how complicated your business is. I think we open it first on a practical level because we just want to know what we're supposed to do today. And this stems from if you worked in the corporate world, if you worked for somebody else, you were used to a manager or a boss or somebody, even a colleague, reminding you, telling you what to do. And I think most of us, although there's a select few of us that just really resist being told what to do, although all of us do resist it to a certain extent, most of us actually want to be told what to do. And I know this because I've experienced it and I've talked to so many of you where you're sitting around now as a business owner, you own your own business and you don't know what to do. You're like, what do, what do I do? And you're freaking out because there's all these things you could do and you don't know what's the most important thing to do. And so you're looking for answers. But what's funny is we look to our inbox because we want someone to tell us what to do. So maybe we don't have a boss, but we have a million little bosses. You know who they are? Your customers, your audience, if you're a content creator. You're just logging on, waiting for someone to tell you, I need this, give me this. What's the answer to this? I can't log into this. Okay, oh, okay. You dive in and you start doing all the things that the little teeny bosses in your inbox tell you to do. It becomes, email becomes just a long to-do list. That's awful. That's awful for two reasons. One, because you're now letting the rest of the world dictate your day. What kind of CEO does that? What kind of CEO says, hey, I know I've got important things to do, but I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have all of our customers that messaged me last night or over the weekend tell me what to do and I'll do whatever they tell me to do. No good CEO in his or her right mind would, would operate like that. We would not give all that power over to our customers or our audience or our haters or the people that need something. 
could just be the bank that needs paperwork because you're applying for a mortgage. It could just be, you know, your accountant that needs you to sign something. I mean, those are all important things, but are you really going to start your day by them telling you what to do and you just run off and you complete those tasks for them? You shouldn't. That's a huge mistake. You need to be able to do your stuff. What's going to move the business forward? We'll talk about that in a minute. So mistake number one is checking it first thing. If you do that, I'm calling you out. You need to stop. You need to stop opening up your inbox first thing in the morning. There is nothing good that comes from that. That is not a strategic way to run your business. So mistake number one is checking email first thing in the morning. Mistake number two is keeping email open all day long. And I know that you've done this. If you're a Gmail person like me, you're going to have that Gmail tab open, right? And you either refresh it or just check every once in a while on the tab to see if the number of unread messages has crept up. Ooh, I got a new new message, right? Leaving it open all day long or the equivalent, even if you close it out or you close out the mail app or whatever, the equivalent problem is allowing email to push to your phone. You should never, under any circumstance, allow email to push for your phone to your phone. There's absolutely no reason why you need to know the second you've received an email from someone, especially as a business owner in your business email. Oh my gosh, that is the equivalent of being a CEO in your awesome corner office at the top of some awesome building of some major corporation, and the moment a customer has a complaint, that customer shows up in your office and says, I don't like this, and you allowing it. Or the moment, it's the equivalent of having all of your employees that need something from you show up in your office the second they need something. Hey, I need this. And you just have to serve them the moment they show up in your office. That would be insane. And yet that's what we do when we allow email to push to our phone. It interrupts our work physically because, well, what's that? We have to to shift gears, right? Those distractions add up, not just because of the few seconds we lost, but now mentally having to circle the wagons and get back to where we were mentally, we lose more time coming back because of the mental shift. And that's just assuming that it's a no-brainer, not a big deal email. Just like, oh, what is it? Process, okay, what was I doing again? Now imagine if it is a fire that needs to be put out. Imagine if it's a a big issue in the business. Well, now you're mentally trying to dive into that. You you can't dive into the thing you're doing. It's it's splitting up your mind and, and we are not wired to do multiple things at a time. I don't care if you say you're a good multitasker. Multitasking is a myth, okay? You can seemingly look like you're doing two things at once, but mentally we can really only focus with clarity on one thing at a time. So the moment you get distracted, you're not really able to dive in with that thing, and you're certainly not able to continue the task that you were in the middle of that you got interrupted in because of the push. It's just a bad idea. So having email open or having it pushed to your phone is just one of the biggest mistakes you can make with email because it's taking the concept of starting your day with email and just letting it ride all day long letting all those little mini bosses bug you whenever they want, the moment they want. You're relinquishing control because now you're letting them jump in and interrupt you at any moment. That's not putting strategic boundaries. That's not having a veil between you and the customer or the hater. There should be a veil between you. Now, you should interact and engage with your customers, 
If you've listened to me long enough, you know I love my customers and I believe my business only thrives if I serve them and I can't serve them if I don't know what they need. But to operate maturely, you need a veil between you and your customers so they can't just burst into your office virtually every second that they want to. And that's what's happening when email pushes to your phone. And mistake number three is responding right away to emails. Now, this might sound confusing. I grew up, when I was in college and getting out of college, being told that the mature right thing to do is to respond to emails as fast as you can, as quickly as you can, as timely as you can. And while I understand the professionalism nature of that, as a small business owner, this is a giant mistake because when you respond right away to a customer or a potential client or a vendor or whatever, all you're doing is setting yourself up for failure because you're training them to expect super fast responses. If you train them to expect super fast responses, guess what they're gonna expect? Super fast responses. And if you ever don't respond quickly, sometime in the future, they're going to be disappointed and irritated with you. Now, you might say, well, Graham, they're going to be disappointed and irritated if I don't respond quickly anyway. Yeah, the first time or two. But the funny thing happens when you are slower to respond to people. They just learn that you must be busy and it takes you a little while to respond. Now, that might mean you lose 20% of your potential customers or clients because they just can't handle that. But I say good riddance. 80% of the people that want to interact with you are going to totally understand. Email should be treated, in my opinion, like snail mail, right? You put something in the mail and it gets there in a couple of days. Granted, it's faster, but it's not a chat service. It's not text messaging. It shouldn't be instant. I don't even respond to texts instantly. Why? To train people to not expect me to reply at any second that they text me. I don't want people to expect that from me. I'm living my life over here. I'm probably busy. Well, if people text me right now, I'm not gonna stop because I'm talking to you. I'm filming this podcast, okay? So it's all about ex expectations and training the people who interact with you on email what to expect. You can train them to expect something differently and then most of them will respect you for it. So the three mistakes are checking email first thing in the morning, having it open all day long or getting pushes to your phone and responding right away. Now, here's a better way to approach email. And again, many people are telling you the goal of email is to respond right away, to clear out that inbox and to have it all managed and organized. All of those things presuppose that, that getting to that point where your inbox is cleared out and everybody's responded to, that that is the ultimate goal. But does that put money in your pocket? No. Does that serve your audience? No. Does that build new products? No. Then what does that do? It makes you feel better about yourself. It makes you feel good about your day because you accomplished something. You 
cleared out your inbox and you got back to everyone. And I understand that that's satisfying because guess what? I'm human too. And that feels satisfying, but there's two huge problems with this whole concept of inbox zero. One is guess what? The moment somebody emails you, it's not inbox zero anymore. So it's like you clear it out and you're like, don't email me. I just got to zero. They ruin it, right? It's like when you have a perfectly clean, detailed car, or better yet, like a brand new car, and then like it rains, or that one little piece of dirt gets up on like the, the wheel, like on the body of the car right by the wheel, and you're like, ah, oh, a piece of dirt or dirty water got on my car. Dude, if your car was like semi-clean, you wouldn't even notice it or care, but because it was perfect, right? That one little spot drives you nuts. Maybe not you, drives me nuts. That's inbox zero. It's so easily broken. It's not sustainable. It's So you're gonna just be disappointed. So that's one problem with inbox zero. And problem two, and I think this is the big one, is it doesn't push the ball down the field. Our goal is not to have a clear inbox. Our goal is to make products and services that help people make their lives better, puts money in our pocket, creates jobs, creates wealth, allows us to do what we feel called to do. Email plays a role in communicating with people, but email is not the goal. Business is the goal. So all this focus on inbox zero, thinking that that's going to make you feel better, free up your time, it's going to be more professional. It's just, it's like, it's it's literally a distraction to what you're supposed to be doing. So here is the better way to think about email, in my opinion. Four steps, you ready? Number one, don't check email until you've accomplished your most important task of the day. So ideally, you're not checking email till at least 11 a.m., maybe lunchtime. Okay, what does this mean? Well, for this to happen, you have to know, ideally, the day before you come into work, so the end of yesterday, what you're going to be doing tomorrow, a.k.a. now it's today. And not just what you're going to be doing, like all the things, like what are the most important things? You should have one clearly indicated most important thing for the day, okay? So I'll give you an example for me today. I have two important mission critical things today. Number one is recording a couple of podcast episodes for you, and I'm doing one of those right now, okay? And number two is later today, I have a coaching call with my six-figure coaching students, okay? Those are the two most important things of my day. Now, there are a lot of other things I could do, should do, probably would like to do for sure. But those are the most important things. So when I came in the office today, other than brewing some coffee and maybe checking, you know, a sports page or something for some interesting news, I set up my camera, set up my microphone, a laptop, got my notes together, and I got in here about 8.30 a.m. after dropping my kids off at school. Before 9 a.m., I was shooting this episode. I haven't checked email. I don't know if anybody needs anything from me, and I don't care. I'm not going to check email until I get these two episodes recorded. They are the most important thing I have to do today. So you need to know what your most important thing is before you come in. So you're not like, oh, what should I do today? That, that you know, put on your CEO hat 
and think like a chief executive officer. A chief executive officer of a big multinational company is not going to show up in his or her office and go, well, what should I do today? There's a million things they know they need to do. And so they need to be able to distill all those things down into the one, two main things that need to happen today. They might have a million other meetings or calls, but what's the most important thing? And my my goal for you is, is get that most important thing done first thing in the morning and check email after, okay? So if you got in at nine, from nine to 11 or nine to 12, do your most important thing, then check email. How good would it feel to know that nothing got in the way or could get in the way of you getting the most important thing done? Because if you got it done, then it doesn't really matter how the rest of the day goes. You might not get all the things you want done. And yes, that's disappointing if you're a perfectionist like me, but you know what? You got the most important thing done, the thing that's driving your business down the field. So maybe that means outlining your new product. Maybe that means filming some parts of your new product. Maybe that's creating your content for the week or the month. Like we just talked about how to map out a year's worth of content a few weeks ago, right? Maybe it's it's creating your month of content now ahead of time. Maybe it's writing a sales page that you've been meaning to write or getting your sales emails lined up for your launch. Like These are the things that actually put money in your pocket, actually sell product. These are critical things for your business, not checking email. So how good would it feel to get a lot of progress on that one main important thing today before you even dive into the mess that is your email inbox, right? So that's step number one. Don't check email until you've accomplished your biggest, most important task of the day. Step two, only check your email twice a day. Twice a day, it's all you need, right? So after your most important task of the day, so think middle of the day, 11 a.m., 12 p.m., by lunchtime, you can open up your inbox and check, right? And what, what are you going to see in there? You're going to see all the emails that came in overnight and in the morning. So you're going to have probably less than 24 hours worth of emails, but plenty of emails to check. The ones that you were there at 9 a.m. are still going to be there at noon, plus a few more. So you can check then, and then you can check a second time right before you leave the office or you shut down your laptop. So if you end work at 5, you can check email at 4 or 4.30 for a second round, Right? So middle of the day and right before you leave, only check twice. Why does this work? Why should you do this? Well, it's strategic for two reasons. One, you're batching email. Anytime you batch any task, you save time. Why? Because you don't have to do mental shifting so often. So you gain little bits of time by just doing a lot of the same tasks together. Just like for years, I used to shoot one video a week each week. And then it dawned on me after a million other smart people told me to do, and I finally relented and gave into their advice. Graham, you should probably just film four videos all in one day, and then you're good for the whole month. You only have to get your camera out once. You only have to get the lighting set up once. You only have to be in teaching mode once. Like You just do it all once, and even though it's the same amount of content you're creating, you actually save time because you're not resetting up things or re-diving into it mentally. You're all mentally there, and you actually shave off time. You increase your time margin by just batching tasks. Very simple concept that applies to anything in life. Anytime you batch something, you generally gain some more time. So it's the same thing with email. Batching email, you're focused for a certain amount of time. If you do it in the middle of the day, you're going to catch all the emails from last night in the morning and just take care of them. Respond, respond, respond. And then, of course, you shut it down. You don't have any pushes to your phone because you've, you've listened to Graham's little rant. And then 
More emails are gonna come in while you go do more important work, your second or third most important task of the day. And then around four o'clock or 4.30 or five or whenever you're getting to your last hour or last half hour of the day, check one more time. You're gonna see some responses from those emails and you can respond to them or not. Or if you had some emails that you needed to send because you finished a project and you wanted to send it out to a client or let somebody know, hey, I finished this thing, you can go ahead and do that. But you do it at the end of your day so that you aren't tempted to see any more responses because you're sending out emails at 4.30 and all those chumps in inbox zero land who are trying to respond to you right away are gonna respond to you right away so they can get to inbox zero. But guess what? You're not gonna see it, which is a good thing. You don't want to see it because then it'll just keep you in your inbox. And then it, you might as well just, we should, might as well just get on a phone call and talk instead of this, you send me an email and I wait. Oh, then I see your email and I respond, then send to you and then you wait and you send me an email. Just get on the phone if you really wanna talk to me that real time. Right? So you don't want to leave that door open. So I always want to send my last emails right before I go. Send, close my laptop, run away. Right? Like run, run home. But then you have to be disciplined when you get home. Or if you work at home, like I do certain days of the week, to not re-go back into work mode and reopen your laptop or look at email on your phone. Because you shouldn't have any pushes of email to your phone. You have to be mature and disciplined to not willingly step back into it, right? But if you make it part of your rhythm, you've emailed out at the end of the day, close your laptop, you were at least an email twice a day, then they can respond at four or five, six, seven, eight, midnight, whenever those crazy people are working. Not you, because you're sane. You're going to have life and work balance because you want to be healthy, because you want to you thrive. You want to be in this business for decades and not just to have a really good year or two and then you burn out because you're a crazy person like most of us are doing, just burning ourselves out. They can respond to you in the middle of the night. You don't care. You won't even see it in the morning. You'll see it next time, next day at lunch, right? Because you're listening to Mr. Graham. Uncle Graham, Brother Graham, whatever you want to call me. Weirdo Graham, random person Graham. You're listening to Graham. Maybe he has something of value here. Maybe he's making sense and you're realizing, huh, I don't need to be a slave to email. Let them email me back in crazy parts of the day. I will be in there twice a day. And then if you really want to be crazy cool, move to one time a day. Okay, move to one time a day. And you can do that at the very end of your day or in the middle of your day, pick one. It's, it's the same concept only on steroids. You're doing even more batching and you're in there at least every 24 hours, which is plenty. Step three, use autoresponders. This is one of the most helpful things you can create, especially if you're gonna be reducing how often you are in your inbox. Set up an autoresponder an email that automatically responds to anyone who emails you, and it's the same response. So in Gmail, for example, if you use Google you know, G Suite or Gmail or whatever, you can just use the vacation responder. And you know what a vacation responder is, right? If you're in the corporate world, you love vacation responders. Hey, thanks for your email. Sorry, I'm out of the office for until September or whatever. I'll be responding to email as soon as I'm back. Thanks. You're so happy to write that vacation responder when you worked at a corporate job because you knew it, man. You were on vacation, brother. You were gone. And those chumps could wait. Hmm. So why don't we have that same mentality when it's our own business? We're actually afraid of sending out a vacation responder. Heck, we just bring our laptops on vacation so we can respond, so we can be a human vacation response. Hey, I'm on vacation at the beach. 
and my family resents me and I resent myself, but I'm emailing you because I think I need to because I'm a slave to my inbox. I want inbox zero because I think that this is what's going to drive the business forward and make me look professional. No, no. Okay. I've been there. I've had the hard conversations with my wife. I've been at a beach vacation when I crank open my laptop. Babe, why are you on your computer? Well, I got, I got to take care of some stuff and, and, and take care of some customers. And really, babe? Well, yeah. Like I've had those awkward conversations where she's clearly upset and hurt that I'm not even there as a dad or husband on, men, on vacation mentally because I'm still at work. I brought work with me. And I've, I've, I see her hurt and I resent myself too. I'm like, why am I on my laptop? What kind of business did I create that I have to bring my laptop with me when I go on vacation? That's not a business I want to own. I'd rather go work for somebody else and get a true vacation because there's other people working and I'm not the most important person and I can go on a week-long vacation and not bring a laptop. I actually had better vacations when I worked a corporate job than in the first few years of starting my business because I could actually take a break. But if something happens when you get to your own business, you feel like you can't take a break, which is a lie. It's this whole hustle mentality that I talk about. It's just a lie. It's just a myth. And it's, it's a lot of fear. It's a lot of fear and insecurity, right? So to mitigate that, have the cojones to create a friggin' autoresponder, a little vacation responder that you leave up all the time. That's how I do it in Gmail. It's my vacation responder settings in Gmail that's always on. Instead of it being a vacation response, quote unquote, it says, thanks for reaching out. And in the email, it says something to the effect of, hey, thank you so much for sending me an email. I get a ton of emails every single day. And since I want to be able to create the best content on XYZ topic in the world, and I'm busy shooting videos and creating amazing content for you, I can't be in my inbox as much as I'd like. Please read this email to see if any one of these things apply. They might help you. And then I have a whole little bullet list of if you're a customer, don't worry, my assistant will get back to you within the next 24 hours, which we'll get to that in a second. If you are a person, look, a business looking to solicit collaborations, if I'm interested, I will get back with you. If you want to know how to record music well or you're stuck figuring out how to get your gear to work, check out this video series that I've done on how to record your music. If you want to know how to do X, Y, and Z, check out this video series I did. I'm linking to like these collections of videos. If you have a technical question on which microphone is the best for your voice, I'm sorry I don't have the capacity to answer those questions directly but I will point you to my equipment gear guide, my studio gear guide of a gear that I think is a great fit for most people. You see what I'm doing here? I'm, I'm sifting them out because 80% of them can find the answer they were gonna email me for by pointing them to the right resources or answering their questions directly in this response. And then the 20% of the people, the customers that actually need help or the collaborations that I really wanna be a part of or the, the friends of mine that just email me and they wanna, we're talking about something, I do need to respond to those emails, but at least they get a response immediately saying, hey, we see you emailed. You're not just gonna have the whole problem of sending an email out and not hearing anything for days. They'll actually hear something instantly. And you're training them to respect your time. You're educating them that, hey, Graham's not in the inbox all the time. But you know what? Here's maybe the answer to your query. <laughs> I don't use that word enough. 
And four, it sort of changes their expectations of, okay, okay, he's got an autoresponder. I'm sure he'll get back with me. And then you do need to get back with them within a day or two. But again, if you're checking email once or twice a day, you will get back with them probably later that day, if not the next day. Make sense? Now, some people will get irritated by your autoresponder. And you know what? They can leave. Those are not the kind of people you want to do business with. You're a small business. You don't have a massive team. You need to be honest about that. You need to use the tools that you have to help educate your clients or customers. They're going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. Okay? Trust me. I've been using an autoresponder for four or five years on the Recording Revolution, and some people got irritated, and they left. But you know what? My business has only grown. And you know what else? I get less email. Because some people are like, I don't really want to get an autoresponder, so maybe I don't really need to email Graham. Which means it probably wasn't that important of a thing to email me about anyway. Makes sense? Right. Which leads me to step number four. If you're doing what I'm saying, you're not checking email until after you've accomplished the most important task of the day, and you're only checking email twice a day, you're batching it and eventually getting down to once a day, and you're using autoresponder, those three things alone are going to take care of your email problem, most of it. But if you still find that there's so much email load that when you are in the inbox, it's just it's still taking up too much time, or you have a lot of customers so that every day you're getting customer issues, need a refund, have a question about a product, I can't log into my account, right? When your business is smaller, you're going to get these emails maybe once or twice a week, if that. But when your business is bigger and you reach more people and you have tens of thousands of customers, you're going to get those inquiries every day. It just becomes a normal thing. Refunds are normal. We can talk about that on an episode. Ish, you know, Technical issues. People just don't read instructions well. They can't figure out how to access their product. These are normal things that are going to happen as your business grows. If you start to get a ton of those a day, you might need to do step four, which is hire an assistant to manage your inbox. Okay? This is some of the best money you will ever spend. It does not cost a lot of money to hire a personal assistant to be in your inbox, a customer service rep, okay? The, you, can, you need to hire someone you can trust, someone who has good communication skills, and someone who respects your brand and respects your customers and your audience so that they can speak on your behalf. Now, they're not going to speak as you. I mean, some people do that where they respond as you, like, hey, this is Graham, but it's not really Graham. I'm all about transparency. I, I don't need that to happen. So I have an assistant who does a few things for me, but one of the things he does is handle my email. And so he gets in there and he responds as himself, as himself. He's not responding as me. He has his own email address, will at therecordingrevolution.com, right? So we give him his own email address and he gets in there and he responds. So the great thing about this is that he can get in there and I tell him to batch email. I only want you in there twice a day, bro. I don't want you to have the email open. You don't need to. Just batch it, for, even for me. Batch email, even for me. So he's in there twice a day, Monday through Friday. No one's in email on the weekends because I don't believe in us working on the weekends. So if you email me on the weekends, you're not going to hear anything until Monday, even for my assistant. But guess what? I put that in my autoresponder. Hey, we're in the office Monday through Friday. My assistant will get back to, with, with you between the hours of this and this, between Monday and Friday. Sorry, we don't work on weekends. We let them know managing expectations. But the beautiful thing about an assistant is that he or she can be responding to your customer's issues so that you can take a vacation, you can miss email for a day or two. Look, once one Tuesday a month, I'm in an, a day-long meeting with a group of other entrepreneurs, okay? It's a day-long meeting. 
we, we're not supposed to be on our phones, on our computers. And so I'm getting emails and I don't, and then from that, I go straight home. So I don't check email at all on these one Tuesdays a month, right? One Tuesday a month. So if there was an important issue with a customer, that's the beauty of having an assistant because Will can be in there serving that customer while I'm busy, right? Same thing on vacation. Same thing if I get sick. Some of the best money you'll spend and probably the most important hire you'll make is that email customer service assistant, someone who's in your inbox. And then what I have Will do for me is not only take care of those customers, um, so I never have to see the refund requests, which is just good for your soul and your heart. Um, I also have him delete all the mean emails because I get some of those. Um, I have him you know, clear out the emails that don't need to be responded to because the autoresponder already answered their questions. So he's deleting a lot of emails. So I don't see as much clutter when I get in there. And then I have him label. I'm using Gmail labels. He labels my emails so I can know if it's just a customer thank you, which is green. Green is good. So I, oh, I know it's going to be a happy customer. And it just says uh, TRR, which is the Recording Revolution, TRR, thank you, or just says thank you. And it's green. So I, I look forward to those emails because I want to read the nice emails that come in. So I go, oh, yes, I'm making a difference in the world. I love those emails. And then I respond to those. Thank you so much. He responds to them. Oh, thank you so much for sending these awesome, super kind words. It's going to be so encouraging for Graham. I'll leave it for him to see so that they get that personal touch. And then I email them also to thank them personally, right? So he leaves me those. If it's uh, someone from my team, uh, my marketing department, or someone else on my team or a collaboration that I'm on, he flags those. Uh, if it's uh, a personal, like a friend that only I can respond to, he flags those. Um, if it's related to a certain person that I follow, that I want to see all their emails, I'm on someone's email list and I don't want to miss their emails because I really like them. Um, he flags those. Uh, I've had small groups, coaching groups, like coaching clients that pay a lot of money to be in a group with me. And they, I offer them email access and email coaching and I want to get quick responses to them. I don't want to miss their email. So I have him label those under certain labels well. Um, so when their names pop up, they get flagged and you can actually automate that in Gmail, which is great so that I always see those. So when I log in, it's just nice and clear. I can see what's come in. It's only the emails that I need to see, nothing else. And it's already organized for me a little bit, which saves me time, which goes back to my first point of which I don't wanna be in my inbox all day because guess what? I wanna run my business. And inbox zero is not running your business. It's just a giant distraction. So those are your four steps, right? Don't check email until you've accomplished your most important task for the day. Batch email, check it twice a day, middle of the day and right before you leave. Try to get that down to once a day. Use an autoresponder or vacation responder in Gmail and then hire an assistant if necessary. The first three don't cost you anything. The fourth one won't cost you a lot. It'll be worth its weight in gold. That's how I think about email, my friend. It's a necessary evil. And I still like the idea of waking up, opening my inbox and seeing if something amazing came in while I was sleeping. That has not gone away because guess what? I long for significance and meaning and I'm looking for it in all the wrong places. One of those, which is my email inbox. Welcome to the club of jacked up entrepreneurs. I'm one of them, okay? But as your friend from afar, please don't buy into this whole inbox zero myth or I gotta manage my inbox, or it's the most important thing. It is not the most important thing, far from it. 
If you want to pump out great content, if you want to make great products or services, heck, if you want to write a book one day, or if you want to speak one day, or if you want to jump on someone else's podcast, or if you want to just, for yourself, watch a bunch of training videos or take an online course, read a book that will help you, like get the input you need, listen to a podcast that will help you. You have to have time and space to do those things. And all of those things drive business and are the business. The inbox email is just a sideshow that's necessary to a certain extent. But the way we treat it as being open all the time and it dictating our day, it's crippling. It's backwards. And I don't want you to experience that. I want you to flip the script, you be in charge of email, and run your day accordingly. Now, I want to ask you two things. One, if this resonated with you, and if you're watching on YouTube, leave me a comment. Let me know. What was the biggest takeaway from you? If you're listening on iTunes and you haven't left me a review yet, would you leave me a review? It helps out the show. Leave a review. Let me know also what episode you're listening to, if you're listening to this episode, and what your biggest takeaway from it was. And if you don't do either of those things, shoot me an email, graham at grahamcochran.com. And maybe, just maybe, I'll get back to you. As always, thanks for listening. Really, really appreciate your time. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on another episode real soon.